Hey, this is Shrivar, the other host of Costa Company, popping in here to tell you that these rich and long narratives are possible because a community of Ken listeners send us their thoughts and voices each week. The stories we do are stories of you, of the life you live at work and outside it. So if you've got something happening around at work that you think Costa Company should cover, we've put together a little form for you to fill. It'll be linked to our show notes. It'll take you less than two minutes to fill and you can be anonymous if you so please. First link at the top, drop your thoughts, help make Costa Company better and become a part of the show. All right, back to the episode. Let me first draw your attention to the bizarre moment we are living through. They're calling this the great resignation. People are quitting their jobs because they just can't take it anymore. When I go out, I hear people discuss things like, you can't outrun a burnout. On Instagram, there are accounts dedicated to helping people say no at work. Naps are discussed as the resistance to capitalism. So many of us are going to therapy to figure out how much we can work and when we can't. We go to learn boundaries and expectations. It would be unfair to say that businesses aren't doing anything about it. Many are providing free therapy for employees as a benefit. Work from home, work from anywhere. There's increasingly generous leave policies. Mintra announced unlimited wellness leave. So did Misho, so did Gojek. Netflix brought its global unlimited leave policy to India. Make My Trip announced uncapped leaves. So did Inmobi. A number of smaller startups like Nova Benefits, Pegasystems, Zuddle have all announced unlimited leaves. Even the Ken has an unlimited leave policy. And you would think that with so many people on the brink of burnout, startups that are giving unlimited leave would see the number of leaves taken go up. You would think that in an economy of people starved of rest, employees would take all the opportunities they're given to take a break. But that's not what's happening. This is a truism we're not able to escape. We see it everywhere, across geographies, across industries. Businesses that uncap their leaves, businesses that give unlimited leaves, see leaves taken going down. People who are allowed to rest as much as they want are resting even less. HR platform Namely analyzed data from over 125,000 employees and found that when leaves taken were unlimited, the average number of leaves taken fell from 15 days to 13 days annually. Early adopting businesses like Netflix and Buffer found that usage of leaves dropped when they introduced unlimited leaves. Anecdotally and empirically, evidence is telling us again and again that unlimited leaves is leading to fewer leaves taken. Which brings us to the question, why? What's broken? What the hell is even going on here? This is the question I set out to answer at the beginning of the episode. As I began my reporting, I learned that there is at least one bad assumption I made baked into the question itself. I learned about our collective relationship with rest. 
I learned one easy hack to changing it. And I learned one problem that we are not going to be able to hack our way through. This is Cost to Company, the Ken's weekly podcast about work and workplaces. I'm your host Sneha, and this week we are going to talk about the prisoner's dilemma of unlimited leaves. we don't give the entire leave process the due respect therefore what we do is we cut copy paste whatever is available this is madhav vamsi madhav has worked as an engineer at microsoft a product manager at flipkart head of talent and culture at swiggy and now he works on people and culture as a strategic advisor to zadl a startup that gives its employees unlimited leaves and it is his specific combination of experience engineering and hr that makes him think of unlimited leave as a product madhav says that the leave policy of a business should be thought of as a product itself it should be thoughtfully designed for its user which in this instance is employees like a product to accommodate the needs of the user he also says that most businesses treat leave as a compliance issue instead of as a product uh i don't think so we have uh, the industry has matured to look at leaves from areas like someone wants to exercise a hobby of learning three chords of a guitar right like and that excitement might rejuvenate him or her so much that they become super productive right uh when you look at leave as a product or a feature this is how you start thinking because you kind of create a design around it structure it around it. If you start to think of unlimited leaves as a product the first question that pops up is why was this product made what was the product trying to achieve why does this product unlimited leaves exist i think the traditional leave structure doesn't take care of diversity in the sense an organization is made up of too many entities right it's a mixture and amalgamation of so many people coming together to play together right uh, traditional leave structures unfortunately have not been able to take care of inclusivity and diversity both so the moment you begin thinking of leaves as a product and employees as its consumers you start to see that different employees have different needs and wants and circumstances and so the leave product cannot be standardized Some employees are moms. Some play on a band at night. Some have health issues to manage. Some have the health issues of others to manage. But leave policies in most traditional businesses are copy-paste, standardized, uninspiring policies. The unlimited leave policy brings in flexibility to accommodate the widest array of needs. We thought, uh, how do you make people more empowered? uh more relevant and more competent is when you let them take their decisions so the first objective is flexibility as a means to serve the interest of a very demographic of employees and needs madhav introduced unlimited leaves and then asked his colleagues what they thought about it 
Well, I, I think uh, when we we also took feedback from people after one quarter, right? Like we asked them, what did it mean to you from a flexi-leave perspective? Like, what, what does it mean to you? Most of them ended saying that we don't feel troubled, right? Like we feel when there is a need with ease, we can apply for a leave and then just do what we want to do, right? That's very important emotion, right? Like, like when people feel, I'm not being chained. I'm not being locked. Like I can, I can play my life the way I want, right? That's very beautiful. Other objectives include not chaining people to compliance, not burdening them with process, giving them emotional relief. Uh, yeah. So there are two ways to answer this question. Uh, one way is obviously there is definitely a very strong appeal when you talk about the concept of unlimited leaves. This is Bimal, HR expert currently working at Baiju's. He spent a lot of time studying the policy of unlimited leaves, but he's yet to implement it. He'll tell you why soon enough. Because uh, essentially when then the company is saying that, you know, I don't want to control uh, a certain number of working hours in a calendar year from a company's perspective. I only control productivity. I only control your outputs. Majorly, that's what ideally a company is saying. So that is a very appealing to an engineer who then would say that then it's entirely up to me to kind of plan my work, schedule my work, meet my deliverables. So another part is giving agency, autonomy. If you can do eight hours of work in six hours or one month of work in three weeks, those benefits are now for you to enjoy. The responsibility is yours, but the power is also yours. And there's trust implicit in the promise. The product is unlimited leaves and the objectives include accommodating the widest variety of people and circumstances, relieving employees of the burden and uncertainty of leave application and giving autonomy and trust. But how will we know if the objectives are being met? How would you measure the success of the product? How do we know if unlimited leaves is a success? qualitative, quantitative. One of the success metrics is attrition. The other success metrics is engagement, right? Uh, something the whole world is grappling to give a formula, right? Engagement. Uh, in my opinion, if we keep it simple, it's very measurable. Like engagement is some total of goals the organization was supposed to achieve. What percentage of the goals were achieved, right? That's simple. Because it's the sum total of people who contribute, come together to achieve those goals. Uh, I don't think so. Number of days of chutti is an outcome, uh, is a success metric. This is a more complicated problem than you would otherwise think. Unlimited leave is a product. So how would you measure the success of the product? One way is to simply measure engagement and Madhav thinks the way to measure engagement is to see how many business goals are being met. So you introduce unlimited leave and see if it changes performance of business goals. But this is not a good measure of success of unlimited leave policy because business goals are shaped by hundreds of factors including how smart the CEO is and how the economy outside is faring and how the business can attract talent. And it's difficult to isolate the impact of unlimited leaves on business goals or engagement. Another potential way is to see how attrition changes. But again, this is hard to track and it's hard to isolate the impact of unlimited leave on attrition because attrition is shaped by so many things like who your manager is and what the broader culture of an organization is. You can also measure health 
to see the impact of unlimited leaves but mother wants that this is also a bad measure because we shouldn't correlate health with leaves because that entails making some dangerous assumptions like we take leaves for our health basically there's no good measure of success of a leaf policy and no true way to know if an unlimited leaf policy is effective which is why experts do the suboptimal thing they measure the success of an unlimited leave policy by just seeing how many leaves are taken this is significant an unlimited leave policy is designed to bring you agency to empower you rather than infantilize you to be inclusive towards your needs to reduce the cognitive load of requesting leave but its success for better or for worse is being measured by how many leaves you take This is an imprecise indicator of success at best but it's still an indicator that has a lot to tell us. So and what does the research tell us about unlimited leave? What do we learn from everything you studied? At least my research uh, tells me and obviously that's a counterintuitive kind of a finding that whichever organizations have kind of switched from unlimited to an unlimited leave. if you already have unlimited leave from start you don't have enough data but if you have switched from limited to an unlimited leave policy then the leave utilization has actually gone down uh, in those organizations that's are there specifics like are there specific businesses you've looked at uh, is there particular research you've looked at i've looked at certain companies which have done this though i will not want to name those but yes i've seen that when people have kind of switched then the leave utilization has actually gone down Uh, wherever employees have kind of gone from unlimited leaves though to be very fair to organizations i don't think all organizations also wanted that to be the intended consequence uh, they actually wanted people to take more uh, days off or rather more days off take days off whenever you want as an individual we don't control it you take we don't know uh, who you are or what kind of lifestyle you lead you take that as long as the work is not affected i think that was the intended consequence but uh, counterintuitively the uh, leave utilization per se has gone down yeah so businesses that remove the cap on leave see leaves taken going down this in spite of the fact that when leaves are unlimited you don't get compensated for leaves you didn't take you don't have leaves carry over from one year to the next with a fixed leave policy there are almost benefits to not taking leaves but there are no benefits to not taking leaves with an unlimited leave policy but still people take fewer leaves when their leaves are unlimited and while this cannot be used to decide whether unlimited leaves are a failure or a success it does tell us some very interesting things about our relationship with leaves hi this is me sneha popping by to say that if you like our work if it enriches your career or life in any way please hit follow wherever you listen to our podcasts so you'll know every time a new episode drops and if you can rate us that would also help us bring more and better podcasts to you thank you and back to the episode hey i'm tejas uh, i'm a product manager at cred um i've been uh, like primarily in the fintech industry for the last 7 8 years um but apart from fintech and work what i really enjoy doing is travel uh i also um i am also like an amateur photographer tejas is also the first guest at costco company who introduced himself by more than his professional role 
Not unrelatedly, Tejas is also a big advocate of taking leaves. Can you tell me a first uh, most important question is how many days off did you take last year? And what did you do with them? Yeah, I mean, typically, if you ask me, it would be about 25-ish a year. It's not that I keep count. Uh, but let's go back to last year, right? Like last year, um, what I did was uh, in the holidays that I took, I actually traveled uh, across Himachal quite a bit. Um, Where all did you go? What did you see? Um, so I was actually uh, in one valley called the Tirtan Valley. And I was just there for two months, right? I was just there in one place for two months. Um, I spent a total of... That was amazing. That was absolutely amazing. I was very productive over there. Um, I got a lot of physical exercise because I would literally be walking around here and there. Um, I ate really healthy food. I got great fruits. I got great food over there. And I didn't need to use the washroom to take a bath. There was a river. They just lived among the Himalayas for close to two months. Some of those days he worked, most of those days he did not. He bathed in glacier water with dogs from his homestay. He went on treks to surrounding meadows and valleys. And in his words, he OD'd on local plums. You are an outlier. That's what I mean. I mean, uh, I think outlier is too strong a word. But yeah, I'm not toward the mean, probably somewhere edging closer towards outlier. Yeah. How many do your colleagues, do you see them taking? If you had to guess. Uh, Less than 20. Less than 20. Uh, See, typically what I see is um, my, like a lot of my colleagues or like my friends, uh, there's this one period, which is uh, towards Christmas, New Year that they take off. And it's typically a week. Uh, What I also, where I also see them taking some time off is like Diwali uh, around then. And that's it. I don't see them switching off, taking some time off. At best, I see them probably taking a day or two off here and there, some weekends. But that's it. Like, uh, I I don't get it. I just do not get that. Actually, Tejas does get it. These are what he thinks are a couple of reasons. I think a lot of people try to draw their identity or self-worth from work. Um, I was like that too. But then at some point, After I did my first ever like backpacking trip, so to say, I realized that, okay, like work is just a means to an end. Um, And I think at that point itself, I kind of stopped deriving like a lot of like, you know, deriving my self-worth from work. So that's the first problem. So many people just don't know or remember who they are outside work. Not just this, uh, I also had a stint abroad. I worked uh, in the UK for about a year. And uh, I saw how people live their life there, right? Um, They have clearly compartmentalized work and non-work, right? And I saw how people are very religious over there about taking their vacations. Like, you know, it's sacrosanct. Problem number two is that Indian culture doesn't treat vacations as sacrosanct. Did you find that this new attitude you had towards leave and taking it off and uh, and treating it as sacrosanct and separating your identity from your work, did this, has this 
impacted you professionally in any way? Uh, I think it has only impacted me positively. Uh, if it impacted me negatively, I wouldn't be in that place. Uh, of course, there's a line to be drawn, right? Like, uh, how many leaves do you take? And, you know, uh, all of that. I think that's a separate topic in itself. Let's uh, go there. How do you decide how many leaves to take? <laughs> I think that's a great one. Uh, see, uh, <laughs> uh, see, uh, okay, there's a there's a very soft benchmark, right? Like, you know that companies all around typically have like somewhere between 20 to 30, right? So as long as I'm in that range, I'm okay. This is where we chance on something pretty interesting. Tejas, who enjoys unlimited leaves, takes his cues about the acceptable number of leaves from businesses that have limited leaves. And this is not just true of him. We're back to Madhav of Zadl. Uh, you don't want to be interpreted as someone who is avoiding work. A, you don't want to be interpreted as uh, as someone who is not showing interest in the job, uh, as someone who doesn't seem to have inclination to the company, um, as someone, I mean, you know, all of these are very strongly tied, Sneha. They're tied to performance appraisals, performance reviews. You don't want your supervisor to have a conversation with you like, hey, you know what, you did everything fine, but you did, you took certain leaves. It's as if we have no internal conviction on how many leaves are appropriate or acceptable. We don't each have our own well-defined benchmarks. So we look for external signals on how many number of leaves are acceptable. We go looking for it outside. When we had limited leaves, there was a definite number of leaves that was a promise on your employment contract. But in the absence of that, we look for other signals. We look to see what other people are doing. We look to see how other employees are praised and for what reasons. And we look to see what senior management is doing, how many leaves they're taking. And then we err on the side of caution. I think a lot of employees suffer. They suffer with this. Should I be asking for leave? Or how would I be judged? Or how would I be perceived? And if you were to, today, between you and me, we were to set an industry standard for this amount mm. of leave, you don't feel guilty about. Mm. You don't have to second guess yourself about taking this time off. Um, right. What sort of benchmarks would you set? It's a very difficult question, Sneha. Very difficult one. Uh, so, I'll, I mean, it will be very opinionated coming from me. It's my, I don't think so it should qualify as a standard. But in my okay. thought, huh. I, I, I think annually at least 30 to 35 days should be a flexi. Like people should be able to take a break. But not at one go, but broken up. Yeah, pieces, pieces. I mean, even if you do four trips per quarter, 10 days each trip, I think that's phenomenal. Uh, or eight days each trip allocate two days for health checkups uh, or date dating or marriage or whatever. In the absence of a definite leave policy, all we have are opinions. And Madhav's opinion is that you should take a week off every quarter with no guilt and no stress. But when he says this, he is also aware of the irony that he is setting an explicit standard. And this is how employees infer the opinions of superiors in all kinds of ways. 
when we hear our colleagues are working through holidays or when we hear colleagues praised for working weekends we're internalizing signals about appropriate numbers of leave when we hear business leaders say things like holidays are bad for business we're internalizing how our company thinks of rest and leave if our own managers aren't taking off to celebrate their lives and experience new things or if we're surrounded by people who over identify with work we're imbibing constant signals about what is and isn't appropriate work life balance and we all live in fear of overdoing rest which puts us in a curious case of prisoner's dilemma we aren't taking more leaves because there's no explicit messaging on the ideal number of leaves and because other people aren't taking as many leaves and other people aren't taking as many leaves because we aren't taking leaves which leads us to this downward spiral in leave taking what was a right becomes a privilege but it's not entirely hopeless you have to be very open with the organization have more conversations in your daily hurdles the one plus it should be talking to the team hey you don't seem to be all right do you need a break or you know there's a beautiful movie which has come up right like why don't you take a break go i mean unwind or things like that uh, i don't think so we're doing a good job it's super critical it is super critical that should be part of the design of the flexible program that you launch the program but how often are you having a conversation about the program is there a cadence is there a project plan around it so it's not enough to simply institute an unlimited leave policy the onus is also on the organization to communicate that they want their employees to avail it the biggest encouragement is the leaders taking a break and doing a story around what they did in that break back in the organization i think that would be phenomenal say for example off late i went to dharmashala like two weeks back uh, and i had a fabulous four five days time break with the monasteries there right and i ran it on my instagram and a lot of my colleagues in sudden follow me on the instagram you know that's a that's a beautiful match i didn't do it intentionally as a signal but i think it communicates it tells people that hey he took a break because otherwise people might perceive this guy works like so many hours right but i would love for people to know hey uh, we also have fun you know it's just not work uh, and that's the way all of us should be it's also important to convey that rest is not an antithesis of productivity rest is not an enemy of capitalism in fact there is no productivity without rest burnout which is the complete shutdown of productivity usually comes from lack of rest time off and work we get done are not antithetical to each other time off is integral to efficiency it is essential to building to creating it is baked into the very heart of capitalism we're back to tejas from cred who ate plums and bathed in himalayan rivers last year i i fundamentally feel that breaks are necessary to switch off uh, in fact uh, like one thing i've observed is that i've come back with fresher ideas uh, when i've taken breaks uh, when i'm at the thick of things uh, 
I'm not able to zoom out uh, because I just need to get that thing done, whatever it is that I'm working on. Uh, I remember last year, uh, oh yeah, I forgot to tell you this earlier, but last year I was at Varkala for about three, four days. Um, and uh, like I had decided I would not be working, right? But um, I went there and I got a bunch of ideas that I started working and I was very happy to do that. Uh, I was just very happy to do that because I just felt that I just feel that when you take a break, you allow your mind, your brain to sort of meander around like in parts that it would not otherwise. Uh, and that is very much necessary. You need to rejuvenate. You need to really calm your mind down and then let the mind go in its own path. Right. Uh, if you do not take a break and if you are constantly doing whatever you're doing, uh, I feel that you do not tend to zoom out and I feel like zooming out is very necessary to sort of realign reorient yourself if you've ever been on a holiday you know exactly what he's saying there isn't a holiday I've been on where I haven't come back stronger better harder I pose this question to Bimal and it's documented that um, leaves help with productivity help with business goals absolutely absolutely it's been documented that uh, you know uh, it's like giving adequate day offs, work, weekly offs, monthly offs, and also paid vacations does positively impact employee productivity. And it's been documented, absolutely, with various studies. And hence, the entire concept is important, right? 100% of human beings experience cognitive decline when they do not sleep seven hours a day. Rest is not inconvenient to productivity. Productivity is built on rest. In this... Time off and productivity are on the same side. Employers and employees are also on the same side. But for many of us working in startups, there's an additional burden. We work in high growth environments where there's more work than there are people and leave when taken is a shared commodity. One person taking too much depletes the resources of everyone else. Someone will have to bear the burden of your leave and often that someone herself is trapped for time. This is this is sort of the thing. So you have these you have startups trying to give give agency, give autonomy. And but the nature, the very nature of the work that we're doing is that every person is doing the job of more than one person. And the 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 redundancies are negligible. There yeah. are barely any uh, redundancies and there's so little slack in the system. How do you take off? Well, I think I think that that flexi leave also puts in a lot of pressure on the system to be a lot more process driven, right? Like for example, you have a technology team and someone from say the core product team wants to take a leave. It's the onus is on the one place to be well planned. You know, uh, I feel the biggest advantage of flexi leave is it makes the the leaders are a lot more resourceful, a lot more time planned. When is, in your opinion, when should we start feeling guilty, a little guilty? Uh, I think we should start feeling guilty, not because of number of days. We should start feeling guilty if there is no communication. It's not about the number of days. It's about the communication. Because if there is no communication, you're you're opening the door for people to start perceiving. Uh, and when you open the door for people to start perceiving, the story can go anywhere. 
I think it's important to have that communication and that's the big challenge. According to Madhav, if you're communicating your needs well enough to your manager, it's now her job to be more resourceful. It's your manager's job to create bandwidth for your time off. The monkey is on her back now to make do with less. At the very least, this is an interesting perspective. If leaves are sacrosanct, your job is to simply communicate them clearly and it becomes part of the manager's job, his mandate, to make sure that there's space for your leaves. The problem eventually that we come back to is that we don't have very strong internal convictions about time off. We aren't very good at listening to ourselves. We worry too much about being perceived as not caring about work. We forget that there is no productivity without rest. Combine all of that with an unlimited leave policy and we end up taking less and less leaves. Which means that in the absence of an explicit, definite, limited leave policy, the messaging from corporate on a sustained basis in nudges subtle and unsubtle must be that leaves your time off, your productivity, your needs, the person you are at work and outside work. All of those things are sacrosanct. So if I were to articulate this, what I think I've understood um, is that what you said at the very beginning is that flexi leave is a f- about the feeling. It's not about the number. Yeah, it's, it's totally about the feeling. This was a podcast from The Ken. This episode of Cost to Company was written, hosted and produced by Sneha Vakharia with audio engineering by Rajiv CN. If you have thoughts, feelings or episode ideas, write to us at podcast at the-ken.com. If you like the podcast and want to know more, follow The Ken Web on Twitter, Instagram and LinkedIn. Don't forget to give the show a five-star rating on Spotify or Apple and follow us wherever you get your podcasts so that you get a notification when the next episode drops. I'm Shrivar and on the 10th episode of Cost to Company, I'm going to be speaking to you about your title at work. Well, maybe not your title, but that friend of yours who's the head of marketing at a startup at the age of 24. Or that LinkedIn influencer who's the chief happiness officer of an agency where the employees are mostly unhappy. There's actually a term for this. It's called title inflation. And it's becoming more and more prevalent in 2022. And although it may sound trivial, the effects of title inflation can be detrimental. How? You'll find out in the next episode. Stay tuned.